Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Aloha and Peace. I'm Dr. J. I am your host. I'm also a licensed psychologist and psychospiritualist, which means that in the next few minutes, as you and I share this space together, we are going to work on either healing or growing and expanding our consciousness, which means that my hope and intention in the next few minutes is to inspire you in some way, in some way that you can begin to create more changes in your life in a very subtle but effective and efficient way, in such a way that your true authentic version of your core imprint, your core fingerprint, that pattern that is solely you and unique to you can begin to show up on a day-to-day basis. Today, I wanted to talk to you guys all about emotions. And I guess that's the best way I can frame the conversation that I wanted to share with you today because emotions is the reason why you are listening to this podcast. Emotions, the way you feel, is the reason why I have clients that come seek my help and guidance. Now, emotions is also the reason why we see the different things that we notice about different patterns in relationships, as well as the way that we habitually show up on a day-to-day basis. Now, emotions is at the base of everything. But to truly say that emotions is at the core of who you are is simply an illusion or deceit. Because at the core of who you are is not just the culmination of the different thoughts you think. It's not the culmination of the different things you feel. In fact, when you consider that you are on a life voyage, emotions are the exact things that you need to help you to go the right direction. So if you are on a life voyage and you are hopping in your car, Emotions is akin to that little part of your car that tells you which direction you're going. It's the compass. So it tells you whether you're going north or south or east or west. And your emotions, if you choose to listen to them, will tell you whether or not you're going in the right direction or on the path to knowing and creating and shaping your life purpose. So let's start here and talking about life purpose, because life purpose isn't a noun. Life purpose isn't something that you can label as a simple sentence of who you are and what you do. So my life purpose isn't to be a psychologist and helping others heal. My life purpose, in fact, isn't something that I can describe in using this language that you are listening to consciously. But in fact, my life purpose is the way that I show up and the way that I feel on a day-to-day basis. Because my life purpose is my intentional choice of choosing to show up in a way that puts a smile on my face every day, my life con- my life purpose continues to shape the way that I show up as well as shaping the legacy that I leave behind. So at this point in time, I want to encourage you to think about your life purpose and what you may have considered to be a one sentence, really short description of why you're here because your life purpose is how you feel on a day-to-day basis when you choose to follow the things that put a smile on your face. Because if you do that and more of that, the things that you consider your destiny and your life legacy are simply byproducts. In just the way that life purpose is a byproduct of choosing to follow your smile. So now that we've discussed very briefly what it means to have life purpose, how we can perceive life purpose in a way that actually helps to shape our lives in a very helpful, resourceful way, 
I wanted to talk to you about emotions and why they're so important for us to consider. Now, when I work with clients or when I even hear stories from friends and acquaintances or even colleagues of the things that they're going through, the things that sound like problems in their lives, I've noticed deep at the core, the problem exists in this fear that addressing how we feel is a task that's too great for us. So any stressful experience you have in your life, any struggle or suffering or pain that you're experiencing in your life today, you are experiencing because somewhere along the way you've picked up this thought, which has then turned into this belief that you are not powerful enough to face your emotions, to face the things that scare you. And the only reason why fear exists is because we have become detached from understanding that the true power of who you are exists and lies deep within the core of your divine imprint, your divine pattern and fingerprint. So to the extent that that's true, you can consider any problem that you're having right now. So consider any problem that's causing you strife or stress or pain or suffering. And I want you to consider that problem in any way that totally changes your perspective until you can begin to feel good about anything other than that. So consider fully your problem now in any way that totally changes your perspective until you can feel good about anything other than that right now. And you see just like that, Just by a simple shift in your perspective, life becomes more effortless. So when you consider that any problem, any stress, any experience that you don't particularly enjoy in your life right now is present because we're afraid of addressing our emotions, addressing the way that we feel, that stems from an illusion a limiting belief that we don't have the power within us to overcome that way of feeling, we can then shift our attention to a problem-solving one of understanding that the only way that you can truly learn to master yourself, that the only way that you can truly learn to master your life happens when you begin to understand deep within your core to truly feel and understand and experience that that power that exists is not outside of yourself. It exists within yourself. So whatever problem you're having that you think is too great for you to face on your own, understand the power exists within you to change all of those things in your life because you see, you are the creator of your life. You are the script maker. You design your life in the way that you want it to look. And as long as you begin or as long as you continue to believe that that power exists outside of you, you will continue sitting in the the passenger seat, never in the driver's seat. That's not to say that you are alone or that there doesn't exist a greater power that created you, that you stem from. It simply means to take a look in the mirror and to see that that divine power exists within you. At this point, because you have learned all of those things that we just discussed are not to give in to the idea that you are a victim and that you cannot free yourself from your suffering. 
you can no longer in good conscience give in to less than what you're worth or perpetually creating stories of comparison of yourself to others. All of those things that you're not enough, that you're not powerful enough, that you don't have what it takes are lies. The greatest truth and the greatest purity can be found in those of little kids, little toddlers. When you watch little two-year-olds run around outside or perhaps with other kids and you notice the authentic joy that comes from them when they're doing exactly those things that make them happy, when they engage in um, exercising the parts of their minds that open up the world of infinite possibilities, you can begin to see in all of those toddlers that run around just gleefully laughing and just unapologetically just experiencing life, before all of these things that we've become entrenched in believing that we've deceived ourselves to believe about ourselves within the context of this world, before all of those stories, all of those illusions, all of those restraints were placed upon us, we were once those two-year-old toddlers as well. And we can see in those two-year-old toddlers, that they don't question their value or their authentic selves. They don't question what it means to be present in this life and to just be authentically them. They don't question whether they're smarter than the person next to them or they're as good-looking as the one on their right. Just watch the way they play. You see, the, the thing about the purity in little toddlers is that they don't understand shame. And they don't understand shame because they know, they don't question the value that's inherently within them. I remember looking through an old baby album with my mom and my brother. I think he was there too. And I was flipping through these pages, looking at these pictures. And there's one specific picture of me completely naked. And I was probably a year and a half, two at that point, completely naked next to this little little baby brother of mine. He's a year younger than me. And he's about to be bathed in this little basin. But here I am in this picture, sitting next to my brother who's about to be bathed, completely unabashedly just sitting there expecting that I was going to get the bath next or perhaps instead of my brother and I just remember looking at that picture of me just giggling to myself about how unapologetic I was in pursuing the things that I wanted in not showing any kind of shame or remorse or even questioning any part of myself and just pursuing the things that made me smile And you see, just like the way that we can choose to pursue the things that smile now, that we that make us smile now, we can choose to look at the things that scare us as well. The emotions that bring sadness or even shame, the emotions and states of being that feel restricting or uncomfortable that make us just coil. Because the thing about looking at these emotions is that given that the human experience is a duality one in that there isn't good without the bad. See, there is a saying, and I love the saying, it says that without my demons, my angels wouldn't exist. And to the extent that that's true, so absolutely true that without my demons, my angels wouldn't exist. Our abilities to find the things that make us smile wouldn't exist without our abilities to look at the things that scare us, to look at the things that make us feel less than or constricted in a way that we don't address them, we suppress them or deny them. 
If we could choose to look at all of those things, we can begin to understand what's required next for us to level up. Scientists have found that there are 34,000 emotions, 34,000 different ways that we feel. And those ways that we feel all stem from eight major primary emotions like joy, sadness, acceptance, disgust, fear, anger, surprise, and anticipation. So all of the ways in which we feel, all 34,000 of them, and there are probably more, are different shades of those main eight primary ways of feeling that feel a certain qualitative way that we can't quite express in language. We do try and come up with labels or words, which is why scientists have been able to label 34,000 of them, but there are qualitatively ways that we feel that others don't feel quite the same. So for example, I can feel vulnerable and not the same way that someone else feels that way. So the way that you feel weak or rejected might be completely different from when I feel weak and rejected. So given that there are so many different emotions for us to explore, I'm going to challenge you now, if you feel so inclined and you're up for this challenge, should you choose to accept, to consider anywhere from one to three of the primary emotions that you don't like feeling the most that perhaps you felt most recently or the ways that you know you would feel if you didn't push it deep down inside. Identify what those three things are and ask yourself this one simple question. What is the opportunity in this? I hope that served you guys well. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave me a review or feedback on either Apple iTunes or Spotify or whatever app you decide to listen to this podcast on. Or you can share this podcast with someone that you feel would love this episode or would benefit from this as much as you did. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you guys soon.